Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. To hit that button, too. It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, along with Brendan Escott. Reed Wilkins is going to jump in studio as well. We're going to put that one up and put that one up. And I think you're in the center one, right? Hi, Bob. Uh, is that the center one? I am the center one. You are the center one. Uh, Brendan Escott is with us as well. Do you want to mention Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more? You can get their new boneless wings, thirteen ninety five for 8 or twenty five ninety five for 16 You can visit royalpizza.ca. Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. Reed Wilkins is a fan of... Oh, meat lovers. And Brendan Escott the text then. There we go. All right. Hey, I just want to read a text, uh, and it says, it's out of Saskatchewan. It says, great interview with Matthias. His brutal honesty about how he felt about the loss to Vegas was interesting radio. I'm glad I got to hear the heartfelt emotion. He also sounds like a true gentleman. Great character to have in the organization and in the room. Uh, uh, that text comes to us out of Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, it hurt those guys. It, especially after they watched I mean, Vegas was up 3 nothing on Dallas and blew them out in a couple of the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Florida, wasn't that? I mean, it, it, they had to know that they were... Reed, they outshot them 75-53 in games 5 and 6 and lost the series. Well, that w- yeah, I, I think that it, that was as despondent uh, end-of-season media availabilities that I've ever seen from Oilers players. I, I, I mean, last year, hey, they were close, in terms of the, they were, they were technically closer last year in terms of the number of teams left, but in terms of the caliber of the Oilers team, they were closer this year. Yes, and, and you could see it. You know, when Leon and Connor came out, who else talked? Uh, Kane, Skinner, Ekholm, and I think Bouchard all spoke, and you could sense it that the loss to the Avalanche was a, a little bit of a, a bonus payout, <laughs> and then this one was uh, was more of a missed opportunity. And, but Elliot said it on your show during the series. Like, like he put it as well as anybody. He said it's a Stanley Cup final caliber series in the second round. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, were you surprised today that Kyler Yamamoto was bought out by the Detroit Red <laughs> well, I wasn't because there's this this dude was on my talk show last night and he said it might happen and yeah. I've come to trust this guy over the years. Yeah, well, that don't was trust you. him too much. Yeah. <laughs> I got one right. Well, it depends. I do balance it out, but yeah, it was. So I guess that's how. But we talked about this last. Like, how bad did they want Costin? They must have. That's wanted. what really you surprised. spent a million not, bucks to get Costin. Yeah, like I'm not disparaging Costin because we know what he did and he had some really good bursts. But I'm like, man, oh man, like you wanted to take a run at him that bad that you also took another player and then bought him out so now so say they get costing for 1.75 plus the will it be will it be exactly a million with yamo uh yeah just under a million. Yeah, yeah 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 so you, you're getting costing for almost three million bucks they've I, I, I found out this morning that they've loved him for a while and you know what are the orders i gotta ask you reed are you nervous like okay so the orders have brought yanmark and ryan back yep at 1.9 instead of 2.5 million, so they've saved 600 thousand there. One guy's really at this stage in his career. For, even though he played, he played third line right wing in the playoffs. Derek Ryan, like the Fogle McLeod Ryan line against Vegas was their best five on five line. But he's probably a fourth line right wing. Absolutely, Yadmark is a bottom six forward, but he played 14 and a half minutes. But they don't have Costin, and Costin brought them some toughness, and, you know, he was physical. Are you concerned that they, they don't have that up front enough in their lineup? Yes, I am, and I think we've talked about that since the end of the season, that they don't have enough players, and I'm not talking about 
half dozen, but yeah. one or two that just turn into miserable SOBs when they put on hockey equipment. You well, know? Leon, the, Leon, can Leon be does. No, no. But here's the thing: in the bottom six, yeah. You know, like uh, you know, Derek Ryan, as much as he does, he's not that type of player, right? Yeah. Even Ryan McLeod, I'm not sure. We'll see. Maybe as he matures and learns to give it out a little more. Yeah. Uh, Fogel's not really right. So there's already three guys in the bottom six. That that don't have a little bit of that edge or that gamemanship that really all the Vegas guys had. You know, I, like, I, look at the, look at how their the fourth line, line plays. Yeah, they're what that whole line. Uh, I I've probably had about six. I'd call them hockey guys, guys that I know that have reached out to me. Uh, Bob, the Oilers have to go get Miles Wood right now and move Fogle. And you know, Fogle's part of the, like he's part of their team a bit too. Like, and this is this is where maybe people have to factor in have to factor in that there are voices within the group and Fogel is part of their group and the feeling is that if they played Holloway with McLeod and Fogel they think they could have a really good th- third line and there's some players that think that way too I like Miles Wood I, now he's American I don't know if he'd want to play in Canada in Edmonton I think Miles Wood probably wants to re-sign in, in New Jersey mm-hmm. I've always liked Miles Wood My, I mean Miles Wood fought Jamie Benn like he's not a timid yeah, and player. he can skate. And he can skate like the wind. Now, he's also always played well against Edmonton. Yes. <laughs> Maybe so we're a little... Now, he doesn't have great puck sense, but right. he is tough and he can fly. So, I'm just trying to figure... I'm with Louie and I'm with you. I'm a little bit concerned that they don't have enough of that up front. Yeah, and it's not a lot. I mean, this isn't the team of, you know, six, seven years ago. But right. it, it's it's one or two guys uh, where... and And I obviously totally respect the the skill guys that will go out there and do it but there are some nights where it'd be nice if uh, if skill guys getting poked at a little bit and he can skate off the ice and be like you know what i'm gonna leave you alone tonight because this guy's coming over the boards next you know and vegas had a had a now their skill guys usually did it but they could also give you the little wink and say ah Colasar's coming. I'll, I'll score next shift. Colasar's going to beat on you this shift, right? Yeah, well, Vander took care of Colasar. Yeah, no, true. And that's, again, nothing wrong with that. But is there a guy with Vander's uh, yeah, Clem sense of cost yeah. to some extent? Yeah. Right. But, yeah. but again, he struggled at times. And so when he's playing four minutes a game, because he was all over the map and how much he played, right? And, that, yeah. and I know we discussed that a lot, that we didn't always get it. Yeah. But sometimes with the turnovers, it was like, okay, he's not taking care of the puck. I'm going to guarantee you this here, Reed, they're going to balance out the minutes, okay? They're going to balance out the minutes more. They're going to cut McDavid and dry settle back. They got a deeper team now. Well, it depends who they get as tomorrow. A, <laughs> as a four seed. Well, we're on, right? Well, and who else they get in the top six? Because that could right, balance. So let's or talk or about even that. a top nine, right? What if they don't get Connor Brown? What do they do? That's a, that's a really good question because I think it's a large. Assu- we're we're assuming that that's going to possibly happen relatively quickly. Yeah. Brendan, After we any come suggestions? On what if they don't get Connor Brown? Oh man! Well, then maybe you you tuck that money away, and at the trade deadline, you can allocate it a little bit differently. So you throw you know? Lavoie in there, sure, to start the year. Yeah, I don't mind that idea. Six foot four. 220-pound guy and say, you know what? You're getting a chance to play in the top six to start. He can't... Sh- I mean, I think that might be a bit of a reach. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big shock to the system as far as a top six role, but I think having him there, maybe it's Holloway's opportunity yeah. to start with this uh, year. That might make if, sense. If I would happens. lean more that way. Would you bring Yamamoto back if you don't get Brown done? Well, it'd have to be really cheap. Yeah, like a million bucks. Yeah. Less. <laughs> 
kind of bringing the same team back then, aren't you? Yeah, that is, that's 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 the thing, right? I mean, and the, I and I always liked Yamamoto, but and now in but fairness, didn't they didn't always... lose a game in their final fifteen regular season games of the year. Yeah, and he <laughs> and he was back healthy for those, right? But yeah. I I do, and I hope. Just from an off-ice standpoint as well, his quality of life with the head and neck issues yeah. that he's had. You worry about that. Just the size, like bit. come playoff time, he's been kind of pushed out of some series as it's gotten, right? I mean, in, and in fairness, the Colorado series, Landis Cog should have been suspended for that hit. I was a, oh, yeah, probably. It's a blindside yeah. hit. All right, so we'll uh, we'll have to wait. 4C, 4 center. You got any thoughts? I'm gonna, so tomorrow when you come in and do the free agent. We're, we're going to have guys, yeah, we're going to have guys what? getting signed. I mean, I heard you talking about uh, the other Brown, right? Off Logan St. Louis, Brown. Logan Brown off St. Louis. Uh, I mean, it'd be great to bring Bugstad back, but the way that we're adding up the money, I don't know where you... Well, Bugstad... And so, if he's... I mean, he flirted with 20 goals, he had right. 17 goals, so he's so, represented by... Now, remember, he only got 900K last year. Right. But then he scored 17 goals. Right. Like, if, Brandon, if, if Bukestead's your 4C as a six foot six right shot, a, a, a guy that can actually play right wing... The one thing we never saw him, we never saw him in the top six on the right wing. Just, he played second-line center, which Brian Lawton said right. he can't play second-line center. What if, like, if they, if they just swap out Yamamoto for Brown and they get Bukestead back... And they've lost Costin and replaced Costin with Lavoie as the like you know what I'm saying here? Well Bukestad's got the stature that holds up in the playoffs, unlike Yamamoto, and I really like his compete level. I like that he can he's in the face off dot as a right shot there. And I don't know what the likelihood of this team getting, say, the services of Jonathan Taves, for example, yeah. on a minimum contract to play that four C role. So if you have the opportunity to bring Bukestad oh, I, back, okay. I would do that all day. I mean, I've got him basically they got two million bucks for two guys. So for whoever, like if they get Brown at one million times three bonus, right? Then I guess you could go a million bucks on Bukestead. I guess it would be tight. Maybe I, I'm really curious to see if Brown, if his base is is that low. Uh, I mean that then he's like, well, I guess he's betting on himself. And I know he's coming off a you know, he basically didn't play. Last you know year. the you know the Chris Knobloch story about Connor Brown. The the Leafs had drafted him in the sixth round in 2012. Chris got uh, put into. He went. He went during the 12 13 season, right? Robbie Fatorik had a, a just a brutal thing happen in his family. He's never come back to coaching since. He was coaching Erie. Chris comes in there, calls me up the first day and says, I'm coaching the greatest player that's ever going to play this game. This guy is unbelievable stuff. Connor McDavid. Right. That was Connor's, like, you know, what, what do they call that when they play? The, the exceptional year? Yeah, that was, status that was year his exceptional yeah. year, his yeah. status year. And then he called me up about a week later and he said, the Maple Leafs have stolen a player. In the This guy's going to find a way. And he was pretty good that year. Like, he had about a point per game that year. The next year, Connor Brown had 128 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had... The read the lockout or the pandemic year where we had the Canadian division. Yes. He he was on pace for a thirty goal season. Yeah, yeah, I think he had twenty one goals. He's had twenty goals twice, but yeah. one of them was in that shortened season on a team that wasn't All right. When we so we've got the free agent frenzy again tomorrow for contract equipment limited. When we come back, Reed loves the CFL. And he's an old school Edmonton Eskimo. 
Maybe not back to the days of the 54 to 56 Eskimos coached by Pop Ivey. No, I was not watching those. Uh, Brendan Escott is the countdown to kickoff, man. We got a game tonight. We're going to talk a little about some footballs while you're listening to Oilers now. us out here, Brendan Escott at 148 at Everton. I don't mean to sound like an old-timer, but who are these young kids? <laughs> this is uh, this is an older song, like probably 10 years old now. This is Arkells off of one of their earlier albums. The Arkells play in town a lot. All right, nicely done. Did you go to Blink 182, Brendan? I didn't. I was at the Riverhawks game, actually. <laughs> What's the proper yourself, way to bro? say it? Blink 182? 182? 182? One eight... No, went to Blink 182. 182. Okay, don't say 182. All right, you two know-it-alls in the CFL. List me the backfield for the Edmonton Eskimos in the 1956 Grey Cup. Quarterback ended up being a uh, surprise starter in that game. Ended up being a was few... P- Parker there? He was in the backfield. He did not. He was not the starting quarterback in that game. Getty? Don Getty. Don Getty. Okay. The other two are easy. Kwong was there, right? Kwong was yes. there. That's and, probably all that team. The only uh, and one guy had just come from well, Quan technically came from Calgary as well. Another guy came from Calgary, and uh, he was probably the featured back. Actually, I think he set a CFL record in the '56 Grey Cup. The Eskimos beat Montreal fifty to twenty-seven. Some they stormed the field. Parker scored on the last play of the game, and they didn't get a chance to kick the convert. Is that the one where he gave the ball to somebody no. in the crowd? Uh, no, or, they took it. Or somebody <laughs> took it, and they didn't. They that was the, the only ball. Wasn't like now yeah, where there's yeah, extra. Yeah, I uh, can't remember. Okay, uh, Johnny Bright. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should so, have so thought of that. So they had Normie Kong, Johnny Bright, and Jackie Parker was fast. Yeah, like he was really fast. Spaghetti legs, right? Like he yeah. had those long legs and. Uh, and and so Parker sort of alternated from a, a quarterback to a throwing halfback at times, and Getty was strictly, uh, he'd be called a, a game manager in today's NFL uh, lexicon. Well, that's what you call p- quarterbacks. Yes. Well, that's he, part of their job is to manage the game. And they did. Uh, <laughs> so we'll start with you, Reed. The Edmonton Elks are 0-3, and then we're going to get Brendan's thought on the... Uh, uh, hey, it's Stoffers calling it. It's guaranteed win night tonight for the Amatelks, but the start to the season, disappointing, Reed? Well, extremely, because I think it was reasonable to think they'd be better than last year because they only won four games last year, and they did add talent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they just haven't been able to figure it out. The, the goal line play against Saskatchewan. BC is still better. But having said that, they had a couple chances to kick long field goals in that game and maybe take a lead, which could have, and I think that's on Jones, that he wouldn't try a couple 50-yarders with the guy he drafted specifically because he has a big leg. And then against Toronto, it just... How old, how old is 36. This 36 or 35, Brendan. You, you draft a 30, 35 or 36-year-old kicker? From England. Well, he was kicking in the NCAA. It's the global draft, so there really yeah. is no precedent or standard, right? Other than you're typically, you got one spot to fill, and a lot of the time we see that used on some sort of Aussie kicker or, uh, you know, we've seen a couple of bigger linemen, I guess. In this case for the Elks, we, you got Dean Faithful, and then you got the guy out of the Great Britain uh, region as well. Wow, okay. But, but really, I mean, two things. It's It's a team that's been broken down the last... Like I, I always go back to the middle of 2019 because they finished that year two and seven. That's really where, to me, the decline started, at least in terms of the on-field results. So they don't know. 
I'm going to use a bit of cliche, but they don't know how to win because as bad as they've been, they've had some close games that they should have won and they've lost that they haven't been able to finish. And then, look, you got to have a good quarterback. It's it's proven over and over again. It's not just a CFL thing. It's every level of football. I mean, picture the Chiefs without Mahomes. They'd be totally different. So uh, we'll see what Daigie does now. It's come to this where the guy who was fourth on the depth chart at the start of the season is going to start. Now, he appears to have a little bit of swagger and confidence that I think maybe Cornelius had lost just after the injury last season and some of the results. Uh, Brendan, what's going on with Ford? I thought he was... Was he not sort of at points last year looking like a guy that could emerge? And uh, am I hearing reports he's not that happy that Daggy's starting this weekend? I can't confirm those reports at all, but what I do know for sure is that they brought Khalil Tate back in to play the short yardage role, and that's essentially what's missing from Trey Ford's game right now that's keeping him off of the active roster. So, Uh uh, hey, we saw him as a dual-threat option sort of last year, but there was plenty of time in between then and now for him to sort of fall out of favor or play himself out of a backup role, which is where they're at. Believe me, if he was the answer, they would have put him in a long time ago. (laughs) All right, Brendan, it's your time here. It's Sustain Oilers history for New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. What do you got? Okay, we'll go a weird direction with this one. As the Oilers acquired the rights to free agent defenseman Brian Leach from the New York Rangers in exchange for netminder UC Markkinen and a conditional draft pick. Now, even at that time, the Oilers had really no plans to sign Leach, opting to take the compensatory second-round pick because he was a Group 3 free agent at the time. So they end up reacquiring Markkinen, of course, from the Rangers in March of 2004 in a uh, four-player deal then. Uh, Reed Wilkins, myself, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, John Shannon, all part of the team that will have tomorrow's free agent frenzy again for contract equipment limited from 10 until noon. Tonight, 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 we got the Elks and the Red Blacks from TD Place in Ottawa. The countdown to the kickoff show with Brendan Escott begins at 4 o'clock. Game time at 5.30 with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. Monday, oh, it's an oxymoron day here in Oilers Now country. It's a best of Oilers Now and one of the best Canadian songs of all time. From an underrated wrestling movie, Vision Quest, Lunatic Fringe, as we say so long, off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, Ted Henley 3 to 4, Brendan S. Scott's got the countdown to the kickoff show at 4 o'clock. Back at you tomorrow, 10 a.m. as we get ready, going in free agent frenzy. Free agent frenzy.